Hi, and welcome back to Make and Tain. I'm the host, Dan Kelly, and this is Make and Tain, the podcast breaking the stigma and lifting the lid on inspiring individuals who are making a difference. Join me every Monday morning as I interview different guests who are breaking barriers, challenging norms, and shine a spotlight on inspiring individuals who are creating positive change. So you do not want to accept the honour um, as you haven't written back to us. Awarded an MBE by the King and we'd like to, we need you to come back accepting the honour. And I said, yes, 100%, I want to accept uh, the honour, but she's, because she, there was only like a couple of days left to accept it. I thought the Forbes 30 under 30 was my big goal. Like yeah. that was such a goal for years. Getting that, when I actually got it, it was arts in the kitchen though. I'm really, really passionate about it has to start with what we would ideally like to see. And Matt is fantastic. That is his, the biggest part of his role in creative nature is MPD. Um, he understands throughout what the mission and the vision is, but he also understands it. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Julianne Ponan. And the last time I had on the podcast, we're doing kind of the peak of the lockdown so we had to do it like remotely and I had a really shitty USB microphone so it's great to have Julianne on the podcast she's a founder of Creative Nature and during the chat we kind of spoke about her journey from Creative Nature and how it's going from like strength to strength we also delve into a recent trip to Dubai where she went there to kind of see Creative Nature in person and she had a whole stand and it is she said it's the first time where it's that kind of like pinch me moment it's like oh my god I've made it addition we kind of share her experiences obviously moving into a new flat she's got a new dog now her thoughts on traveling and she gives us a sneak peek and what's in store next for Creative Nature so make sure to tune in this episode when we delve into the world of Creative Nature with the inspiring Julian Ponan hello and welcome back to the Making Same podcast I'm joined by Julia Ponan who's the founder of Creative Nature the last time we were on the podcast, it was during the lockdown. So it's great to finally meet you in person again, having the podcast. How have you been? Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for having me back. I know. And last time I heard you on, we kind of talked about being Forbes 30 under 30. And now you've got an MBE. Can we talk about, can we jump straight into it and talk about that? Because I think it's absolutely incredible. So you've got an MBE for business, exports and for people with allergies. Where was you when you found out? Was it incredible? Yeah, I mean, it still is a bit of a, um, I don't know, a shock every time someone says it or even if I see it written on like my name card, I still don't believe it's real. But I was, I, I remember it, I was in my office and I got an email and I thought it was a scam, to be honest. It was like from the cabinet office and I thought, oh, delete. You I would just, well, wouldn't you? Like, you know, when you see an email, you don't know where it's from. Or you say, oh, that can't be real. Like. Yeah, you just straight away like yeah. delete and you get hundreds a day. So you I just deleted it anyway and then went on holiday and uh, came back from holiday and then I got a call from the cabinet office and they said hello are you Julianne? Did you nearly put the phone down there? <laughs> um, I was just like is this real still yeah. and um, they said oh you should have got an email from us and I said oh I, I haven't received anything not thinking about the email I thought was a scam yeah. and they said oh well we need you to be in a, a private room we can't tell you any information until you're, we know you're alone and I was like okay this is really really weird so yeah. I just went into like the corner of my office going yes yeah yeah you can tell me now and uh, yeah they said oh I'm I guess you do not want to accept the honor um, as you haven't written back to us oh my god and at that point I was like what honor <laughs> and <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about and so well you've been um you've been awarded a, a MBE um but by, by, by the king and we'd like to we need you to come back accepting the honor and I said yes 100% I want to accept uh the honor but she's because she it, there was only like a couple of days left to accept it otherwise I would have gone down as one of the people that didn't accept an MBE. Oh my God. Imagine how many people have actually not accepted it. I mean, it'd be crazy. Like, so lucky that you picked up that phone call. Because sometimes when I see an unknown number, I'm just like, no, <laughs> delete. I know, exactly. But yeah, and it was it was fantastic once I obviously got the news. It was actually around six weeks before New Year. And I had to keep quiet to everyone. No, literally, Could you tell family or? Not even family were allowed to know. So my mum and dad had no clue no clue oh at all oh my god and i think that'd be so hard like just like keeping it between yourself could you tell your husband i was allowed to tell my yeah my spouse yeah i could yeah. tell i could tell matt and he was just like he couldn't believe it at yeah. all um but yeah you were told so it was completely no unexpected like 
no idea that it's going to happen. No idea. And we still don't know everyone that like, as in, cause people put you forward for it. Okay. Um, and I don't know the exact people that, that put me to forward. To put someone forward, do you have to have like an MBER? I don't, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, my mum <laughs> went yeah. and then researched it all when she did find out yeah. on, on New Year. And she's like, do you know thousands of people apply for this every year and majority of them don't get them? And then she yeah. came up with the figure that uh, it was like 1% of people with of colour uh, get an MBE. So I was like, oh, wow, that's incredible. But she was just telling me you can be anyone. So anyone can put you forward, but it can take up to 18 months. So I'm thinking 18 months ago, what was I doing? Who was I speaking to? You never know. You know what I mean? All it takes is to speak to like that one person. And it's, it's, it's mad because obviously um, I know what happened to Tanya and Nadim and they got MBE. So it's great to see people within the algae community as well. Honestly, it's, it's incredible. Maybe it'll be you one day. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I'll carry on. We'll see how the podcast <laughs> goes. Eh? <laughs> um, no, it's been incredible. I was going to say you've recently moved house as well. How's that been? Did, was that like? starting from scratch from what I saw on your Instagram yeah house move is not my favorite thing oh, I've really? got to admit um it, it was fantastic to be able to get my own house I think we we have always uh, been in apartments before and uh, to be able to make like make something your own is fantastic but at the same time a lot of work we I was also worried about decorating um uh-huh. because when I was young apparently my mum redecorated the house and got a plaster in and I'd gone out to school and come back and then as soon as I walked in the door I came up with a huge reaction and they obviously now well afterwards they they found out it was from the plaster and oh god so not the actual decorating yeah so the plaster that's you know that's put on the walls to fill like holes um and things like that before you paint Yeah, yeah And I was, I I will always remember that because it was a huge reaction and it was so sudden. So when we were decorating, I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's like constantly on edge. And then I was like, and then Matt's mum was like, oh yeah, let's get the polyfiller out and the plaster. And I was was going, yeah, maybe I'll just leave right now. But no, it was fantastic to be able to do it. Pick your own colors. Do you have like a, like a mood board? Did you have like an idea what you wanted for every room? I kind of had an idea I wanted teal in somewhere because that I represented that, my yeah. brand, allergies, everything. Yeah. I needed to bring that into the house, but I didn't want it to be like teal everywhere, like a like a mad. Yeah. I've seen the sofa <laughs> bed for the dog. That's teal. That, yeah. But yeah. that really suits. It goes well with everything else. Yeah, it's amazing. But he never goes on that sofa bed though. Oh, really? It's a, It's definitely for the look. Decoration. Like. Um, but yeah, we, we painted it teal, uh, the fireplace area. And uh, yeah, I always wanted like an open kitchen mm. diner where yeah. you can sort of, have guests over, but also entertain um, and, and be in blo- both places yeah. at once. So I thought that was really nice. And obviously having allergies, you'll know that food is always such a such an issue yeah. uh, when you go out. And, I, and it has got a lot better, but there's nothing better than having people around where you know it's your food, you can eat you feel it. comfortable and like safe. Exactly. And you can have a few drinks, not have to worry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's great. Is the house complete now? Have you done that? I know. The downstairs is majority there. I've got a few bits to do on the utility room. Um, I'm leaving that to Matt. He's he's definitely getting better with the DIY side of things. He went from a person that absolutely knew nothing yeah. to YouTubing everything. So like, thank God for YouTube. I use YouTube for everything. It's so yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> like a hob was built the other day and the long hob was like, just go on YouTube and fix it. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. But yeah, I tried like. And you've got a dog now, is it a, a multi-poo? Am I saying that yeah, right? Yeah, you got that right, multi-poo. Uh, he's a year and a half now. Yeah, what's the name? I can never pronounce it. Gimli. Gimli, yeah. And you said it before the podcast, it's based on, is it Lord of the Rings? Yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings. So uh, I'm a fan of Harry Potter and Matt, is my other half, is a fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And we compromised and we went for Gimli and he is, uh, he doesn't look anything like Gimli though. <laughs> I know he's like part of the creative nature crew. I see him like in all the pictures, like <laughs> see the oh, biggest ambassador. The team love him. Yeah. I think for having a dog in the office is really great for, I believe for mental health as well. Absolutely. Um, I think it calms down people when they're stressed. Also you can have a bit of a cuddle, but also you, when we are hiring, we do have to mention we have an office dog because say someone did have an allergy. Yeah. 
it, it's something we have to be mindful of as well. I was going to ask you, like, within the team at Creative Nature, um, we'll talk about Creative Nature and get into it and obviously being a top 14 kind of algae-free brand. Do, do some of the teams have food allergies as well? Or is it a bit of a mixed bag? It's really interesting you asked me that because one of them... Um, our business development executive joe he actually recently had an allergic reaction for the first time oh, wow. um a, a proper reaction oh, and he doesn't know well, what it yeah he's he's in his 20s yeah. um he used to have he has like a slight um intolerance to ginger which um he's always said he had but he came up with a full full-on allergic reaction where his throat felt tight he couldn't breathe he was going really red and the, he brought it down with um, antihistamine and he's like going to get tested now. So it's really interesting. He he now says creative nature has given us has given him a, an allergy, which doesn't sound the greatest, does it? Yeah. I mean, don't say that out loud. You have Daily Mail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Coming over a story based around that. Like. But no, there are people in the and we, we've had people along the way. There's um, another guy that has celiac um, and he is um, he's one of our sales um managers as well uh matt has no allergies um and there are a few others who don't have allergies but yes we do have people that understand it in the team as a team in getting like bigger and bigger because i know during the lockdown we kind of spoke about the team then but i mean after the lockdown now things are kind of getting back to normal i want to ask like is the team getting bigger uh, and are you in the office every day um what's your kind of day-to-day look like i think it's changed a lot since lockdown the team's definitely evolved um, we've got a bigger board in place, which is really exciting. I sound all super big now <laughs> with the yeah, board, yeah. but but no, it's it's nice to have them in place for advice um, and structure of where we where we're growing creative nature as a brand because we're in seventeen countries now. So it's crazy, yeah. When I was like really into it with the board, then are they kind of the more kind of they're not there day to day, or are they there? Not their day-to-day, yeah. but they're the senior uh, management structure. Yeah. So we'll meet sort of once a month. Um, and every couple of weeks, we'll um, check in with each other on how we're, how we're doing. But is in that terms to help of, you focus growth of, is that for someone to kind of, because obviously it must be so hard doing it on your own. To, it's great to have a voice or a concern of someone with that experience. It's like a sounding board as okay. well. It's it's the the ability to be able to ask questions that you may not be able to ask within your team and having that outside perspective whereas the team that's day-to-day in the office and you ask me about are people back in the office yes um one of the staff members she literally was like i can't work at home i have to be in because in our office it's quite a team culture it's like very um i don't know how to explain it but you thrive off each other um, and being able to work together, you end up solving problems faster, getting things done quicker and, and growing the business. Quicker. Is that really important for yourself then that kind of cultural and people which are the right fit? Because I've worked at companies before where I don't know if the, if you're not the right fit or you don't fit part of their culture, then it's probably not quite right for you. And there's companies where I've, I've really fit in that culture. And you, like you say, you thrive under each other. I think team is so yeah. important. Like as you said, building that the the right people, and just because they're not right for your company doesn't mean they're not right for somewhere else. And if you don't let them go and th- flourish somewhere else, you're actually holding that person back. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to find the right fit for you. And I always go like to my team. So, for example, if you're you have to be happy in work because you're always waiting. Like you're you're there. Like how how much of your life are you at work? And if people go, oh, I'll I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I buy a house. I'll yeah. be happy when I retire. And then you're dead. I mean, you've got to be happy along the way and along the journey. That is so important. I saw a post today. It was actually today and it was on LinkedIn. It was by Stephen Barrett. And he was like... Oh, the, yeah. Because I listened like to his podcast. And it's like a journey of like roller like up and down. And it was like a diagram of like, imagine a roller coaster go up and down. It's like, oh, you get married or you get a new job or you get more money. Exactly. And it's like, you've got to be happy, like you say, on the on the journey rather than this end goal and then not, not being enough. Because I felt like that sometimes. You hit a goal and you're like, I don't know, like you felt like, oh, I should be happier. And, and then you're always like wanting the next best thing. But imagine it's like the whole journey. Or you're looking at other people as well. Yeah. I find that's quite difficult to remove yourself from 
from like LinkedIn and when you see amazing people doing incredible things yeah. and you're comparing yourself and it's not about comparing yourself it's about you are here in your journey whether that's late or early or wherever you are you need to be happy and content with where you are and you need to grow yourself rather than just looking at someone else yeah because i think that's steve jobs did this quote it's like you can't look at the dots looking forward you can always look at always look at the dots like looking back and you kind of see how much you've achieved and like i look at you and like i list off so much for like <laughs> forbes under 31 to watch mbe and like i think you've achieved so much obviously with creative nature now being in 17 countries and we can talk about it being in dubai and like even yourself you're saying like even you like compare yourself when you see other people doing x y and z kind of thing because ne- for me it never feels enough but i think as an yeah, entrepreneur that's probably why yeah it never it, it probably never is enough but when you get to that goal like i always thought the forms 30 under 30 was my big goal like yeah. that was such a goal for years and getting that when i actually got it it was <laughs> it wasn't as i, I mean I, I was more happy that i was on it with harry potter yeah. <laughs> than I was for the Forbes 30 under 30. Because was it a premiere? So if you get, if once you got, when you got nominated for that, is it like a, I know it's during the lockdown, so you, I know you didn't get chance, or did it get postponed, like the event? Yeah, the event got postponed, yeah. but it was, it was incredible. And yeah. I mean, that's always something that I've, I've dreamt of being on that list. So, so yeah, it, mm. looking back now, it's fantastic. And when you have a bad day to see something like that, mm. you're like, oh, actually I did achieve that. But I think it's not the be end and end all. Of yeah, no, absolutely. Because I had the same feeling with, I think when I started the blog, I was like, oh, it'd be amazing one day to go and like BBC News and like talk about allergies and like, and then it happened. And like, I'm so grateful like for that opportunity and absolutely loved it. But then I was like, oh, like what's, what's next? What's next? Like, yeah, like what's the next goal? It's like, going to take the podcast global. I, I, I mean, it's always good to, to have a, like a goal kind of like set in mind. I really want to kind of touch upon, obviously, yourself and Matt. Obviously, you've been together now, I think you said before the podcast, like 13 years. Yeah. And for me, I think from what I see is like kind of like your rock, like he's been there pretty much from the start of Creative Nature. If we go back earlier than that, how did you guys meet? We met at uh, Waitrose. So he was a trolley boy yeah, and I was on the tills. And that's literally how we met. I was 17 at the time um and he was like i think it was 19 or 20 like that um and uh yeah we met there it was a part-time job during like college um we stayed we were really good friends we were best friends for years um i actually knew people he dated he knew people i dated and we stayed friends throughout the whole time at university we went to different unis um and then yeah but he, you were still like best friends at that point like still like yeah. staying in touch he always like came back for all my birthdays yeah. he would like we would always be on the phone to each other at like two three in the morning just just chatting, chatting. Yeah. so it was always he was always there in my life yeah. um then i went through a big breakup um it's a lot of people do yeah. and um yeah he was there for me and uh after that we he he always asked me on dates and i always said no he's probably gonna hate me for saying all of this but he but he yeah he he asked me a lot of times and i was actually going to be taking a job in beijing so a week before i said yeah okay let's 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 go on a date then and see thinking nothing would ever come of it because i was i was kind of in my comfort zone knowing i was going away um and we did go on a date and well yeah here years are, later yeah. here here we are i was um, gonna say when your friends as well like it's always a bit hard like because you don't want to like try it and then it doesn't work and then like then you've ruined your friendship then you ruin your friendship yeah and he knew everything about my allergies yeah. he really understood everything so the dating the dating process was actually so much easier than when i was like dating other people and having to bring it up like, exactly yeah. it was just a oh yeah, he knew everything about me already um, and was happy to yeah. already give up nuts. And was you always quite confident before you met Matt when you did bring up your allergies on dates? No. No. I hid it a lot of the time, to be completely honest. Um, one time I ended up in a, nearly a situation where I, I just had to leave. I had to leave because they ordered something that I was allergic to. Why you to. didn't bring it up? You no, I, and I felt, yeah. and I was just like, I used my friend as an excuse and I was like, I left. <laughs> Listen, get them run off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You mentioned, you mentioned um, a week before you went on the date, you, 
you obviously you was moving abroad to Beijing. So you just did it like long over long term, not long term, <laughs> long distance. We didn't really like commit at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was like early days. But we kept in touch during that whole time. Yeah. Um, and then when I got back from Beijing and I, I came back to the UK and then I started Creative how, Nature. How long were you there for? Nearly, maybe nearly a year. Yeah, because listening back to the first podcast, I don't know how many people have heard of it, but from the one thing what surprised me when you were saying like, they get offended if you if they offer you food and you could be allergic to it and you're like, no, I don't want it. Yeah, it's really offended. Um, How was that like? Was did did you have any situations like that where my boss was really good? Um, he was um very aware of allergies, so it it did help whenever he was around. It, it didn't feel as hard to communicate. Whereas if I was sent on a to meet a client that without him or without some of the team, that's when it would cause problems yeah. and also drinks as well i i never knew that a lot of drinks contain certain things or they could put it around the rim of the cup or anything like that and that it was a very like drinking culture out there of oh, okay come on have a drink like over over a business deal yeah and that that kind of worried me um so i would find it really difficult um to to say no yeah, I had that like one time in like London where I always order an old fashioned and for me it's always been like safe. But then there's one time where I ordered it um, and it was like a different name, but all the ingredients was like the same. And it didn't say anything about amaretto. And I just said to the woman, oh, like, can you just double check? There's definitely no nuts in it. And there was a bit of like a initial like language barrier. She didn't quite understand like what I was asking. So I was like, oh, and she got a manager over and the manager was like, oh yeah, it's got like amaretto around the rim of the glass. Oh my God. And it really surprised me because then it's not actually on the cocktail menu. It's actually around the rim of the glass. So you've just got to be like so careful. I imagine because you've got, you've got quite a few. Is it over eight allergies or more than that? It must be more than that. But yeah, I've got a lot and a lot as well outside the top 14. Yeah. So that's not always understood as well. So like the chickpeas, the lentils, those, um, the buckwheat, they're not always understood. And chickpeas for me is still anaphylactic and I think that there's a whole I guess movement at the moment towards the top 14 which is absolutely fantastic and I think those are the most common allergies but also we need to be aware of full label ingredients so that we know what's inside our food yeah how do you manage it then like if you're going on holiday and you're eating out because I get a lot asked a lot all the time in on Instagram it's like well, what if they say they can't guarantee it? And I'm like, well, every restaurant says that to me now and you've can't, you've kind of got to assess whether you feel like they're going to take it serious. And if not, then just don't eat there. How, how have you found yeah. that? I think assessing it is really important. And you have sort of, you have gut feel as well at the end of the day. When you walk into a place, I, I remember watching a video of you and you were like, I just have a feeling that this isn't right and you would walk away. And I think you have to be able to do that. I agree that they need to follow certain parameters. They have to have the the bare minimum there, like everything on the menu, like how, how their chef talks to you, how their server talks to you. You can get the feel of whether they're taking your allergy serious or not. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. And all restaurants are now saying we cannot guarantee which is unfortunate, which is my push for why don't they at least stock a packaged product? If you can't, if you can't serve someone, at least stock something they can that eat, yeah. they can eat. Like, and then that way the person can maybe order something small. If they don't feel comfortable, they can always have that package thing. Did you do a talk recently where you kind of spoke about in regards to if someone has a good experience at a restaurant, then the more are going to go back? Exactly. So yeah. we, I was thinking about when I was growing up, um, especially during university and my friends would go, okay, let's go out for dinner. Yeah. And it would be say six of us going out. I would be the one to choose where we're going a hundred percent every time. And the, and the reason why was because I was the one with the allergy. And so we would then bring business to that establishment, but it wasn't just me eating that. It was the five of them as well. So they I see it as a profitable business catering for people with never allergies. really thought about that not because i always thought for me but like you said if all your friends are there as well then obviously all them are going to be eating at the restaurant like 
Yeah, so they're, they're and they will go will go back again and again and again because we've had such a good service and loyalty for people with allergies is so important. I think you stick with what you know. You're skeptical on trying new new things, yeah. and it, it is hard as well as a as an allergy brand is really hard to get to new people because they are skeptical to try yeah. to begin with. How do you break down the barriers and being like? Obviously, with the brand being Creative Nature, obviously caters towards obviously the top four teams. But then, like you say, how do you get people which don't have allergies to kind of try the product? I think for us, it's not. I don't want to be just the just the brand that caters for allergies. I want to be the brand that when you're sitting around a table with your family, all your family can enjoy it. It doesn't just have to be you. So, I'm encouraging people. It tastes just as good as a normal product. Um, and you wouldn't, you'd feel better if you could eat the same thing as your mum and dad or your brother and yeah, sister yeah. D- have. Don't feel like isolated then. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm all for helping people with allergies and that is the core market. But ideally we want everyone to be eating it. So then they don't have to worry about whether they're going to have an allergy or not. Yeah. What was the first product you did at Creative Nature? First product was the superfoods, actually. It was single products that would go into like smoothies, porridges, then oh, wanted okay. to do the snack You still bars. do that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. still do that. It's, it's a much slimmed down range. Yeah. Uh, we do like the cacao powder, the maca powder, and that goes into like coffee smoothies. Oh, okay. And then I imagine like this year, have you got any like new products like on the horizon, which can you discuss on the podcast or not? Or? We do have a few things coming out. One especially is something savory, which I'm really excited yeah. about because we've never, ever done anything savory. And the amount of parents, kids that write into us going, can you do something savory? Okay, we've got to sit down and figure something out. I think it's a really good product. We've just, and well, we've just got through the onboard hospitality awards for airlines which I'm really excited for. They're probably like the first to properly try it. Um, and that award ceremony is in June. So let's see how we how we do. That'd be incredible. Where do you start off? So you have an idea for a product. Do you make it yourself in the kitchen? Or is that where you started off a few years ago? What's your kind of process now when you have an idea to launch a new product? I know you spoke about in the past, it could take up to six months from kind of start to finish. But where does that initial kind of start point, what does that look like? I have a lot of ideas, Um, but uh, Matt is even worse than me. He has like 10 ideas a day. And I was like, yes, do you think you can finance all of those ideas? It still starts in the kitchen though. I'm really, really passionate about it has to start with what we would ideally like to see. Um, And Matt is fantastic. That is his, the biggest part of his role in creative nature is MPD. Um, he understands throughout what the mission and the vision is, but he also understands it from a person who doesn't have allergies as well on what they would want to see, taste, touch, all of that. Um, so he is a fantastic person that, and he comes up with some fantastic recipes. Some are... <laughs> Off the wall. <laughs> yes. I mean, when we were doing our pancake mix, yeah. I threw a few in the bin. <laughs> but he's not going to like I said that, but he... He it's takes trial and the, error. Like, yeah. I imagine it takes like so, so many attempts like, yeah. until you get the final product. Where you're and like, then oh, it's got to go like... through the machines. So it's yeah. not, that's just the first stage. Then you've got to find, does it work through the machinery we, we have? If it doesn't, what machinery do we need? How quick can we make it? How many members of staff need to be on that line? What is the HACCP procedure? Can we actually source ingredients that are 100% top 14 yeah. allergen free? Because there's been times where we've wanted to do something with honeycomb for example, but a vegan version can't find a honeycomb that doesn't have the may contain traces. We can't, we just can't have it. can't have it in the factory. So there are these barriers. Just one factory then at the minute. We have um, separate ones, but the main one, um, yeah, yeah, we have one, one main one. Yeah. And when you started off, I read when you started creative nature, was it initially when you, was it like a management? You took over it from a, obviously the management perspective and then bought the company. Was it doing candles and, and scents? <laughs> so it's completely different to what you're doing now. Yeah, if you probably asked 
most people would say, why did I do that? Why did I do a management buyout? Um, and then sack the whole management team. It's probably the most ridiculous thing to do. And <laughs> not the best advice to give people out there. Yeah. But I was young when I first started and yeah. I was happy to take risks. I mean, I am as an yeah. entrepreneur, you have to take risks Absolutely, every yeah. day and you weigh them up. But I was sort of more happy to go okay if everything goes wrong i can just go home and live with mum and dad yeah it's and what i did was i saw the brand and thought i could change it into something that was meaningful and had a purpose so yes they did candles incense statues tea so be doing that anytime soon <laughs> there were you should have seen the amount that was in the warehouse it was just crazy i kept some of the stuff just to like oh, really? as like, like a memento yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got the Creative Nature like name on it as well. It looks very different. Yeah. Um, that artwork is uh, very, very yeah. different to where we are now because uh, we had like a branding agency in to, to help us really understand uh, what our brand vision and yeah. our, our sort of assets were. What's been, would you, what would you say has been like the kind of the biggest challenge for you with, with, with Creative Nature? Is it, I imagine you've had quite a few. Is, is there any moments which have kind of really stood out? I think business is really tough. Um, no one likes to really say that on the, like to the world, like on LinkedIn, you'll just hear all about the fantastic times. The bits, yeah. But actually there's probably about in a day, there's like so many other fire like, fires that you have to put out and so many problems that you have to solve, but you have to love it. Um, I would say that's one of the main things for me is enjoying who I work with and what I'm working on. Um, the challenges, this, there's been so many different challenges yeah. along the way. I guess finding the right team is always going Super to be important. one of your yeah. big challenges. And once you get that right, and no one ever has it like as in 100% right, you're constantly moving and involving. But once you have those core cool people, you, you start to see things move and strengthen, uh, which I think is fantastic. And then also it's about learning from those mistakes that you've made we we make mistakes a lot of the time but it's about learning really fast and being able to change it fast rather than just waiting because a, a lot of people in business they'll be like oh well we'll keep trying this and keep trying that but if you do the same thing over and over and over again don't expect a different outcome it, it, it's just not going to work so don't be afraid to change so you going to get like the same results then if you keep doing kind of the same outcome because i heard like you kind of talked about adapting then um and you did that for amazon did you say that during the lockdown you put your products on amazon yeah we took a big risk in terms of the amount of like money you had to pay to play on amazon really did they um, take a massive portion i can imagine that they take a massive proportion you've got advertising you also mm. need to really we paid someone that was an expert because I didn't understand it at all. I've, I've now think I have a degree in Amazon, oh, really? <laughs> but I'm still using yeah. experts to be able to grow even further. But yeah, we grew at around a thousand percent on Amazon from, from nothing. Um, wow. It went crazy high in lockdown. It's plateaued out like yeah. since, but we're still in growth. So we're still growing month on month, which is fantastic to, to see. Oh, wow. So you're going to keep it did you initially think it was just gonna just fill lot down and then just see how it goes and then I thought yeah I thought baking's absolutely crazy at the moment I was like when is it gonna when is it gonna start dropping yeah um but when it start, started to drop the other products started to come up yeah so I think it was just weighing up what um what if, products to push I don't know if you got the answer to this question but I was, I was gonna say if you was gonna start again now from scratch would you stay in food a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love have, being able to make something and then take it all the way through and put it on shelf and then see someone, yeah. see someone's joy from just eat, like when you eat food uh, with people, you see them smile, you see yeah. them enjoy. And, and I think that's something for me that when I was growing up, I didn't always enjoy. So now I can say Experience I enjoy it. it yeah. Yeah. And I saw on Instagram, like, now it's launched in Dubai. I mean, how was that actually kind of seeing it in person? That was insane. Yeah. We went to Gulf Foods. It's a big uh, food show over there. And uh, 
we then did some store visits to Spinney's, Waitrose, um, Lulu's, not thinking like it would be a big, uh, a, is it going to be a big R smart thing? Kind of thing? Yeah. I honestly just, I couldn't, like I was a bit speechless when I saw it with like a whole area of like wow. a whole shelf of creative nature. And I was just like, wow. And to see people like engaging actually with it, engaging yeah. with it, it was, it was surreal because there's one thing of it being in the UK and that was like, I couldn't believe it when we launched in the UK, but when you fly like six, seven hours, eight hours away across the world. Yeah. And to see your product there, it, nothing like can compare. Yeah. I mean, how's it in Dubai in regards to, is there many people with allergies out there? It's, it's definitely a growing market. Yeah. Um, more and more people are being diagnosed with allergies, but they're also looking at the health benefits as well of removing dairy or gluten from their diets. So I think that's a, a big thing um, for them. And children in particular are being diagnosed more as it's becoming, it's becoming more prevalent. And at the moment, nuts is a big thing Massive, in Dubai. Yeah. So when you do have an allergy, it's actually quite a problem. So having a product like ours caters for that. How is it then like eating out in Dubai? I think it's one of the places I've heard like a few horror stories where they've not quite understood like someone's allergies. How was your experience kind of eating out? In, did you eat out in restaurants or did you just kind of eat in the hotel? I went out with a few of my friends because uh, a few of them have moved over there now. Oh, amazing. Um, Master Shri, he's a fantastic uh influencer as well for mindset and things like that yeah. and he took us out for dinner um by the he lives by the dubai marina and i was so skeptical i was like no no, no, no I, I don't think i don't think we should eat out let's let's eat in yeah. and he's like no trust me like it it will be okay this restaurant in particular it was italian it was fantastic they understood it it was myself who had an allergy and also one of um his sister's uh, children that had a severe allergy too and they completely got everything even down to the drinks where they were like oh no, no 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 this could take this could contain almond milk it was like a milkshake um and we'd advise just Not just staying eat, yeah. staying away from it and brilliant brilliant experience then <laughs> <laughs> next day went to a different place completely different experience uh didn't eat there in the end because they just didn't there was no guarantee that they even knew what you were saying what i was saying um i you had my e i well, had my yeah. equal eats card which was great yeah. but at the same time it's it's only as good as whether the server understands it mm. and at the end of the day you can't make them and they'll just be, i just didn't feel comfortable so i ordered room service from the hotel and the hotel were fantastic amazing i thought he's gonna say that was shocking <laughs> no they were no, they were amazing great, yeah. they yeah. were amazing and that's another thing i would i definitely think that people who go away should try room service because a lot a lot of the time i was like absolutely no they'll never know what they're doing yeah but matt encouraged me to speak to the catering manager he encouraged me to speak to the the servers at breakfast and ask them about room service etc I've never had a problem since at majority of the hotels we've stayed in. What, so you just order food to the room? Yeah, and they'll have a, they'll they'll take more care because they put your allergies all down and then there's normally a little note saying, yeah. like, nut-free, sesame-free, et cetera. Well, would you always speak to them before? And? Always speak to And yeah. you get to have a conversation. The other thing is when you call down for room service, it's not just the reception. They'll put you through as well to the catering team. So you can oh, have a amazing. much yeah. more in-depth conversation. It's more like a bespoke meal in that in that way, isn't it? Rather than like exactly. Yeah. And you're paying, obviously, yes, you do pay for yeah, a delivery sure. charge, but I would Whatever, rather yeah. be pay two pound fifty for a delivery charge yeah. than than not know. Yeah, because it's always a tricky one, isn't it? Like kind of with food, but yeah, I've never tried that, so I have to give it a go. I know was it Jess from the Algebra? They did like a satellite kitchen, which I've never heard of before. What's that? It's like they've got like a a separate kitchen within a kitchen i don't know <laughs> am i making this up it's like a separate part of the kitchen or a separate room where it's completely allergy free they do do that in some restaurants yeah where they have like an area 
Yeah, I don't know if it was an area or like an actual room, but when she was like telling me like this was a couple wow. months back, it was like, yeah, it was like insane. Like. Okay, I have to find that satellite kitchen where she went to. Then. Yeah. Do you get many opportunities with create, Creative Nature to kind of travel? Because I imagine you do quite a few shows as well. Yeah, we we're, I'm actually in Hamburg next month. Uh, we were in Dubai, what, a month and a half mm. ago. We should be in the US later on this year. Um, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, Matt's got to go to Peru with the company cause oh, to wow. source our cacao powder we got to actually go to Machu Picchu that was one of his big big things that he wanted to do yeah um but it's also fantastic to see where the ingredients come from uh and then understand the processes and the factories over there because I'm always like oh like we have to make 100% sure that it that it is completely safe safe, yeah would you go to Peru are you a bit are you is that because of allergies i went i went yeah. with oh, you been? oh yeah. you went all right i went Sorry, to machu yeah. picchu yeah with yeah. with him and what i really you, enjoyed it what do you it. eat then when you go to like countries like peru because i like, <laughs> i would love to go somewhere like that but i'm always like really like am i going to be able to eat like i did take a suitcase full of food <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie about that like i did yeah. and a lot of the time i did have to eat the food from the suitcase but for me it's not always just about when you when you travel food is a big part of it but it's not everything like you can experience so many other things and just take your own food otherwise you do that so you just take like a separate suitcase so i took like loads of pots like this is going to sound really bad because it's probably not the healthiest way but if you take loads of like noodles yeah pots um some dried veg as well you can just make your own up yeah it's super easy yeah i think mine just put like pasta and like somewhere you can like boil it <laughs> exactly like, yeah because i do a lot of europe but i've never really, I, i've never been to dubai or you've got to do yeah. it but you, dubai i think you'd be fine with i think you should do the caribbean yeah you were talking earlier before the podcast about you did a cruise ship can we talk about your experience um with the royal caribbean yeah i mean i'm a big fan of cruise ships as as a whole um royal caribbean in my my um, opinion is one of the best in terms of the service they offer and also how serious they take not only food allergies but customer service it's unbelievable, um, yeah. is unbelievable we went on symphony of the seas and as we boarded the ship you got your own little like card i think it was um that has your name and your details on we then were allowed to sit with the servers they introduced us um we had to come down and meet the catering people and they said these are going to be the people that are going to serve you at breakfast and lunch and these are the staff that are going to serve you at dinner um and late if you want to order late fantastic they knew all the allergies they even went out of their way and made me a cheesecake like actually made me i've never i've never even been able to eat something like that yeah or like was, desserts i just don't eat desserts, I don't eat desserts. Yeah. <laughs> and like when you told me i was like i exactly the same because i went on cruise ships with my family when i was a bit younger getting on now but um but yeah like we did the royal caribbean and they was incredible like where they would bring you the menu for the next day but look down this is what's on the menu we'll make it like specially for you in a separate part of the kitchen um, just let us know what you want and we can like prepare it in advance and it's incredible i think the best experience for eating out has been on cruise ships would you agree definitely yeah. and, and it means you can experience different countries yeah. and just get back on the ship and be able to eat to eat want, yeah. but saying that i did have an allergy on a cruise ship once what allergic reaction yeah but it wasn't on the cruise ship which is really interesting so it was in bari i don't know if you know bari in italy no. uh, so it was a mediterranean cruise got off the ship went to a church i must like as in a church like on one of the excursions with my dad and my brother and sister i must have touched something i we still don't know like i must have touched something or the incense because i'm allergic to a lot of incense as well um anyway i slowly started like with the hives redness blotchiness my lips started going big and like i couldn't breathe and at the time i think there was like some swine flu epidemic or something in italy um like as in at the time so they were checking you when before you got back on the ship they were like temperature checking you and stuff and my dad was like we have to get back to the ship right now like and it we didn't carry my epipen off the ship because literally we were like it was absolutely the most ridiculous thing we we like i forgot it he forgot it 
my sister forgot like yeah. everyone forgot and we're just so excited and i think that's the main thing like when you are so excited as a child i was quite i was younger then you don't think as much and that's why i'm always a big advocate of carry to just just do it oh like you have to carry you it as well like i had a legit plane and had the epipens with me but i just didn't have the antihistamine it's like it's always when you're in a rush like you forget it um can we talk about i know you kind of spoke about then you had a an experience but when we was on the phone the other day you kind of talk about how you went into anaphylactic shock but you still don't know what caused it did you get to the bottom of what it could be still i still haven't got to the bottom of what it can be yet i do have some allergy tests though booked in um but the problem is the testing for the same allergies i already have you already know yeah so i I don't see the like what i'm gonna actually find out from from that um they think it was tree nuts um that's what they they've put it down to but yeah i i honestly didn't i went to an event and I didn't eat anything or drink anything. So that was the thing I couldn't understand. All I did was shake hands with people. Um, and then there, I didn't know that, but there were um, allergies served. Um, but I, I didn't know that at the time. And then, yeah, I, I started feeling a bit like my throat started going hoarse. Um, my voice went completely, but I didn't get all the normal signs. So I know my body so well now with an allergy. So you didn't get the hives initially? No hives no hives no hives like whatsoever and i even went to the bathroom to like you know like when you can feel yeah, something you're like checking, checking that, everywhere yeah, yeah. You didn't see anything. there yeah. was nothing nothing around my eyes they weren't even itching so for me yeah. i was just like and then I, all i did was i was feeling my voice had gone i was starting to feel dizzy and i was starting like my throat started like to like feel like i couldn't breathe so i just sat down I was just like, this can't be an allergy because I haven't got the sim. I haven't got. Because you always say you should have like, yeah, the symptoms of our highs are exactly. There's nothing. There's literally nothing there. Nothing there at all. And I called Matt, going, being like, okay, something's up, like, but I don't know what. Then spoke to the event organizers. They took me to the pharmacy, and by the time I got to the pharmacy, I nearly collapsed. Um, And he was the pharmacist was like, look, we need to give you your adrenaline. Um, and we need to like call the ambulance. The ambulance was there in like four minutes. It was so fast. Like, like so I literally good. can't even, like I couldn't, like it wasn't, it felt like a blur because my, and my blood pressure had, had, um, had dropped, uh, and my heart rate, um, had, had dropped and my oxygen was dropping. So. And then when they did the test, like when they took obviously, uh, your heart rate, it was. Yeah. And then yeah. it was really high because obviously yeah, the they'd given me, yeah. um, They'd, they'd, they'd given me yeah. uh, they'd, they'd administered it's just so scary as well because like sometimes you think you're always going to get them symptoms and I, I kind of experienced it I kind of touched upon it um, with Professor Adam Fox but I, I ate you know the Hello Fresh and everything's in individual packaging so nothing said may contain or you could see all the ingredients and all the in individual packaging or like spices and stuff and then the rest was just like veg and like meat Um and we had like this, I think it's like the heater kit, but with like spices and stuff. And like straight away, like you just my throat, like, but I, I'm the same as you. I didn't come out in any hives. It just felt like I couldn't breathe. But then I administered the adrenaline. But when the ambulance, um, I mean, trying to find this flat, like it took him a while. Um, but when they finally come and did the test, like my blood levels was Are you okay? fine. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't anaphylactic shock. Or maybe like, it, yeah, was, it was, but you was, brought but, yeah. it down quick enough don't know it's 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 really scary when you kind of hear about like yeah when you hear them kind of like stories well the ambulance said they said yeah because i was like oh i haven't eaten anything or drunk anything and they're like well it can in very rare situations it can be through touch so yeah it might it's not airborne but as in because i say that on planes as well because i i had professor adam fox and um was it george's heart and he said sometimes like the the chances of it are are quite low but it, it can happen and I had all sorts of comments and people DM me and I was like, I'm, 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 I'm just asking the questions and obviously he's a professor and I think a lot of time, but speaking with like Leanne as well about obviously kind of airborne allergies and obviously Professor Anifot said it, not so, George just said it, the chances of it happening is, is very unlikely. Then even speaking with Leanne, a lot of time it's due to like 
planes being so filthy they're touching the surfaces and then touching the mouth of their eyes and that's what's potentially causing the reaction not the actual allergy being airborne but yeah i think it's it's different for everyone because i'm sure people have experienced like airborne allergies and stuff and like you said just because they can't do it under scientific uh, science doesn't mean it's not possible kind of thing and i think they relate it to airborne so if you think about it i shook hands with so many people so at the end of the day it probably wasn't airborne yeah but just because the allergen was around but i probably touched someone and then touched my own face yeah that that's probably what it is that's the most plausible have you had many anaphylactic shocks a few Uh, when i was younger i had a lot more so my mum and dad uh yeah were in the hospital quite a lot um one time was when my dad uh hugged me with an aftershave a new aftershave uh yeah and we ended up in intensive care and then he uh hugged me again (laughs) in the hospital and then i started flaring up again and my mum was like why is she having another like reaction is it a delayed reaction or what is it what was in the um it was well we don't know what was in the aftershave but we know it was eternity for men calvin yeah. klein oh, um really? so i'm not against that yeah oh my god that's crazy isn't it imagine if someone just were it like yeah it's just like the things what you least expect kind of thing my mum used to like cover my face as we used to walk through duty free oh, really? that was like a big thing and do you wear a mask on a plane i do more so now yeah i didn't before like when i was growing up my mum never put masks on us so I think I'm I think I'm more anxious now though than I was as a child. When I was a child I felt like I relied on my parents a lot to to do everything in terms of my allergies. Yeah. Whereas where, as I grew up and as I got older when I had the first um anaphylactic reaction at university then I realized oh no I have to take this a bit yeah, more. Yeah, I feel more anxious now on flights and I just wear a mask now. And usually I'm not the only one. There's always like someone else now, like maybe because of COVID still. But um, I think but, I just feel more comfortable now yeah, wearing yeah. it. And I don't care. Like sometimes I used to care what people think, but I think now I'm just like, oh, they can think whatever. Like, I just want to get on my holiday but, and not but, have to. Yeah, but I'm there with my little anti-back wipes. <laughs> yeah, just like same. wiping everything down. Like, because I know people wear like seat covers. I, w- I don't think I would go that far, but no i think just wipe it down with a wipe it's, it's probably good enough like. that's what same similar to what i do and i i like to pre-board i always always pre-board and, and make sure it's you always let you on the plane first so you just yeah. ask when you get to the airport well with easyjet you can just type it in so oh, really? um you can go on their website um and then when you uh, book your flight you just literally click uh, special assistance and they have an actual tab for nut allergy so you oh, just wow, tick it and yeah, you and when you get there, as soon as they um, you check in, the crew is um, told. So it's all through the systems, and so they no way. Did, and they even I think it was no, it was BA that did this. So when we were flying out to Antigua, they did an announcement in the you know before you board, mm. uh, we all sit down so that people didn't start eating nuts when they got on the plane. Wow, I've never heard of that before. Which was which was fantastic. Yeah. So that's incredible because I always find like the British Airlines are just really really good. So, like British Airways have been really good. Like say EasyJet, um, Ryanair. I've always had like an incredible experience. For me, it's like the American Airlines. Yeah, yeah. it's and it's the smaller airlines. Like for example, when we flew to Peru, it's they don't they don't stop serving. Also, Emirates hasn't been fantastic with me. Um, I found that quite difficult to navigate. And what uh, what annoys me is that they cater for so many dietary requirements, like vegan, vegetarian, halal, kosher, yeah. everything, which is fantastic, but not an allergy where someone could physically die. Yeah. And it's mine as well. I spoke to Mark on the podcast, and obviously we kind of spoke about special meals and kind of the work he's doing there. And it's really tricky because when you've got food allergies, like, if, unless it was like a brand like Creative Nature, I know I'm safe for that product kind of thing. But then if it's like an actual special meal, I'm still, still not sure whether I'd eat it, even though if it's probably allergy free. So what do you do? Do you buy your food before you get on the plane? Yeah, you just go to like Weatherspoons and get like a big bowl English <laughs> before I get on the flight. Or what I've done in the past is I've just run to like, I think Boots and just got a plain ham sandwich. 
like the plainest oh, okay. ham sandwiches usually just like white bread and like bit of ham like but I've, I've always done that like what are you gonna do when you go like long long haul not thought that far ahead <laughs> i don't know like why do you eat when you're on flights um i eat i've eaten with ba which has been great um majority of the other flights for example like emirates i will take my own food and then ask them to warm it up on the plane unfortunately emirates refuse to do it now which is not great um mm. hopefully they'll change that policy but so most the of the food, other carriers the you've, you've prepared at home you've just put it in your hang luggage yeah yeah that they don't take it away from you no it's only liquids in it no as in but they were so it's more like for example a pot with noodles all they have to do is add water to it oh right okay so then they'll just add water on the plane that's yeah straightforward and my brother's for example my brother's pilot and yeah. he was he's always like yeah you can take you can take food on the plane he was like that's absolutely fine but don't he always goes don't take smelly food it's yeah. like it upsets passengers yeah. so just take things that you can that are okay for everybody yeah yeah i've never really done that i've not done too many longer i've done like i've done miami um, I was there for like two nights and then we went on a cruise ship with my family. Um, and when I was like 17, we did like Florida. And that was great with American Airlines. Going was great, but like coming back, they just like refused to do the announcement. And it got really heated. It's like, on site waving the policy, like, look, <laughs> we don't need to do it. It's like, well, you can't, like you did it on the way there. Why not do it on the way back? Um, and then she was like, Oh, like the serve nuts in business class. We wasn't in business class. We was just like in company. But they was like, well, we're not going to, we're still going to serve nuts in business class. So I was like, oh. But I was like so annoyed. And I remember like I spoke to her. Like she, as I went to the toilet, she was there as I gone, gone out. She was like, I like. <laughs> and I was like, she like, well, if you had a kid with an allergy, like how would you feel? And it, exactly. she like stormed off. And I, was like, I, I really think people yeah. wouldn't mind giving up on board a flight yeah if you if you sat with them and I feel I'm not asking for too much it's like a few hours like exactly they're not gonna die without yeah, having yeah. their nuts I want to touch upon can we talk about what happened in Dubai on the way back on on the flight <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay yeah so I nearly didn't board that flight it was similar to the issue I had with Euro wings as well um they basically going out was absolutely fine it was I was with my colleague as well and they moved us as well to like a row just by ourselves. Which airline was that? Uh, that was Emirates oh, and wow. okay. it was absolutely fine. I, they said, oh, you can't eat anything on the flight, all of that. So, I mean, in terms of if if you were a person that wasn't like paid for everything and you'd want to eat and everything, no, yeah. you wouldn't have been able to do that. But I was more, I just need to get to Dubai I'm happy to take my own food. I'm happy to do all of that. So that was great. They did an announcement, which was really good. Um, and then, um, yeah, on the way back, they it had flagged, I guess, that I had an allergy. So when I was um, when I was going through the check-in, I was like, oh, can uh, yes, I have an allergy, etc. And they were like, oh, we don't think you can board this flight. That's mad. And I was going, well, I've... I flew here, <laughs> so I think I can fly back. Yeah, how am I going to get back? Like, otherwise, you're stuck. Exactly. And they're like, oh, well, you could always book another flight. I said, but are you going to pay for then the like me to book another flight then? Because I don't want to fly on a different flight. Mm. And they said, no, like, it's at your own choice. So you can fly with us if you want, but we will be serving nuts. And I was like, okay. So then I had to just take, I got them to say, yeah, okay, I can fly. And then I had to test take the risk. And then they refused to let me pre-board to wipe the seats at all. Then they didn't want me to even wipe the seats. So wow. a lady came round um, and I was wiping like my seat because I wasn't traveling back with my colleague. I was alone. So I was like really stressed yeah, out. Yeah, even more anxious as well. And I, I don't normally like to fly by myself. I like having somebody. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. So I started wiping down the seats. And then she came over, this, this one of the um, crew members, and she said, look, it's not dirty. You don't have to, like, you don't have to clean it. It's, it looks, it doesn't look good. And I was going, oh, my God, like, I just want to clean my seat. Yeah. I just, like, why is that a problem? Yeah, why is it an issue? Like, it's nothing on her, you know what I mean? Like, what's it? 
And then I said, oh, and I said, can you, would you mind doing the announcement? Like just, just a quick announcement. She's yeah. like, we would never do that. It's not part of our policy. And so, yeah, she was just, she was so annoyed yeah. as well. And she was like, and you sh she goes, and you shouldn't really eat anything on this flight. And I was like, okay. But the person next to me, absolute amazing. She was like, oh, like, do you, I, I won't eat this if, if this will cause you an allergy. Like, I yeah. won't eat it. And I was like, oh, you understand. Yeah. Yet a person who's meant to be looking after you and you've paid, we've paid full price for our... That's what I mean. It's a lot of money as well. Like, yeah, you it's not cheap. Fight and like, they can't even... It's just like empathy as well like not even like just showing like a bit of emotion like oh like making sure that you're okay it's just it's and then so serving frustrating because anyway. then if if you raise your voice so like oh well just get on a different you know what i mean it, it just get on a different flight yeah that's what i mean then who's gonna pay for that as well so it's just like i do recommend though anyone that is flying try and get either the earliest flight out that is the best scenario that you can get because they do a full clean down of the planes oh, okay. um so if you can get the earliest, that's great. The last flight as well, they try to start a more cleaning process just before because it's it's less yeah. full. Yeah, because I, I think when I had Leanne on the podcast, she was like saying about how dirty planes are. And like someone messaged me the other day and I think she tagged me in a post and like the plane was absolutely filthy. You can see like... You can see all yeah, the stuff the, on the, the floor. stuff on the floor and even on the tray. Because I had a allergic reaction because I slept on the tray and I woke up to like hives all on my arm. Oh no. Cause I never used to clean it down. Like, don't know. I was probably just a bit like, Oh yeah, it won't happen to me. Like, and then honestly I had a thought on like, I thought I was going to die because I was on a, this fight as well. But luckily I didn't eat anything. But for but me, you came it, up with it. Yeah. But I've, I've not seen hives for years and then it happened on a flight and I was like, Oh my God, out of all the places it could have happened. I'm on a flight and, that's the most scary. Look, it was like right near the end of the fight. And like I said, I forgot my antihistamine, but luckily it was on an easy jet fight and they were so understanding and their hostess had antihistamine with her. And it was an easy jet. Yeah. Even though they have like a nut ban. Yeah. On, um, it, it, would have been easy, it would have been easy jet or Ryanair. Oh, maybe Ryanair. Maybe Ryanair. But it could have been what someone's eating. I don't, oh yeah, I don't, oh yeah, that's a good point actually. Like, yeah. Wait, but when was it? Was it? Three years ago now. And yeah. It would have been like, yeah, I was in coming back from Croatia, so it would have been like maybe two, three years ago. Maybe they hadn't brought in the nut yeah. yet. But like it was honestly really freak like proper freaked me out and stuff. But luckily like, she had antihistamine, so then it like calmed down and lucky it was near the end of the fight. But then it was like, Do you want medical assistance as you get off? And I was like, Well, if someone's there, like, why not just get a once a yeah. look over? But then I was waiting for like 20 minutes. So I was like, well, if it was anaphylactic. If it was anaphylactic. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have been no help. And I, but I think. It costs airlines yeah. so much as well when they have to divert. 80,000, uh, on average, more than 80,000 pounds per diversion. Which, why don't yeah. they just ban the, the problem? That's what I mean. Like, nuts is like the main one. Um, I was quite surprised when I spoke with George just like that. Um, the fish protein carries, is more dangerous than nuts. With oh. the protein in the fish so if someone's got a fish allergy and on a fight then it's actually more dangerous than if someone had a nut allergy which blew my mind though. and i guess yeah. more no probably not more common probably less common maybe but it's not something that probably spoke much as about as compared to like the other ones like yeah i want to just like touch upon like um before we finish like what's kind of next for kind of creative nature over the next kind of 12 months well, we've got um, we've got a lot going on, really. We've just uh, launched our allergy awareness assemblies. I was just going to mention that it was on my notes then, and I was like, I've not even touched upon it. Yeah, it'd be great to kind of uh, kind of discuss that and kind of the work you've been doing on that. I'm so excited about this. It's yeah. something that I've wanted to do for for years. Um, school for me was always, I guess, I was a bit of the odd one out, having to sit at the allergy table, all of that. And I didn't always want to tell people about my allergies. So we really wanted to educate primary school children. Because I believe if we educate them first, as they grow up... Yeah, the future, yeah. Th th that generation is going to be so much more understanding about allergies. So we launched this um, around... Well, it was for Allergy Awareness Week. And we, we launched it with 3,000 children in mind. That's what my goal was. My goal was, okay, I want to get 3,000 children 
So how many schools does that average it like three fat? Like so it was only going to be like around 15 schools, really low, 3,000 yeah. children. It's now at, I don't know when this is going out, but we're releasing our numbers shortly, but over 105,000 children wow. have been reached have been allergy aware, trained, separate safe eating. Because like, I, I saw you Instagram, it hit 10,000 in one the week. first week. Yeah. yeah. So now it's like hit 105,000. We've had hundreds and hundreds of schools contact us, parents, even all um, after school clubs, uh, scouts. Like it's just gone. Like Have you just been insane. overwhelmed with the response to it? Yeah, it's been it's been incredible, and, and I spoke to you re- like recently about yeah. it, and would love to have like you involved in at some point. But it's it's sort of like gone from something that was really little, oh yes, this huge to thing. this huge thing, and and I'm really excited for the next steps and how we can actually change from a government level if yeah. we can get this into the curriculum. This would be huge. This would. this would change the game, like. PSHE or whatever they have at the moment if we had a small segment on allergies it, it like you say like the kids of the future isn't as well and like you know what I mean they're, if they can remember that at primary school then they're going to go forward and like when you go to university everybody will know about kind of like food allergies they all came out wanting allergies yeah that was because I went oh. to a few schools <laughs> and, and, and delivered it and they were like oh who, who has allergies and they're I want allergies we're like no no no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it was great to see that so they it's like assembly pack so it's like um like a pdf and there's they say there's a bit two variations one one's got like a voiceover is that correct so it's actually a it's a presentation so a presentation yeah. that they the teacher can present um as an assembly and it has activities within the assembly so they have to name the top 14 allergens um they then have to name they have like a quiz at the end to turn them into allergy superstars uh, uh, with like a word search and worksheets but there's also a recorded version so for example for the after school clubs and things it just goes straight on their ipad they click play and it's all and it's all interactive so they can oh, actually wow. just click and and go through how did you create it how did like, did you have to go through is it all created yourself so did you have to like find like a third party to help you build <laughs> it was honestly insane we did it we did it ourselves like my team my ellen who's absolutely amazing in my team she helped put it all together I reached out to I had like a vision in my head of who I potentially could work with yeah and that doesn't always work out and you you know you know how things go but then I approached two other people which was Stephanie from Positively Allergic and Natalie from the Allergy Badge and they loved the idea and they they wanted to be. I love them guys as well. I, They're so I, passionate. Will. I speak with positive, is, yeah, allergic and like Will is like, he's a superstar in himself. And then. He loves you. He like thinks <laughs> really? he's, he's like, I want to be like Dan, which is uh, great. Yeah. It's, it's nice it's to see yeah, that yeah. generation come up. But because we didn't have that. We had no one to yeah. look up to. So I think it, it's going to explode now as we get more and more people on board. We also had everything signed off by Dr. Jose Costa. I saw so that, yeah. everything is medically approved which is great for teachers as well. It's going across teacher portals as well, which makes it easy for them to um, uh, like have a class that they don't have to then prepare for. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Honestly, when I, when I saw it, I just thought it was a great like initiative and it's incredible to kind of see the response to it as well. So yeah, amazing. Like, um, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, I love this podcast. I felt like it's probably the most relaxed I've been, maybe because like, obviously we've met a few times now and I think it's so different to what we did um, previously. So it's great to kind of sit down with you again, Julianne. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You enjoyed it. It's been amazing. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again. And if anyone wants to kind of follow yourself and Creative Nature, would you like to kind of share the kind of social handles? Yep, you can follow me on Julianne Ponen on Instagram and Twitter and Creative Nature uh, at Creative Nature. Amazing. So yeah, if anyone can make sure to give Julianne a follow and Creative Nature if you check out in, I think it's in every store, isn't it? It's in all the top supermarkets. It's in a lot of them. A lot of them, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, it's been a pleasure to have you on and yeah, thanks again. Thank you.